Okay, everything on? Good, Mike, good, all right. This is Aureliano Nava, and this is my first uh, attempt at uh, doing one of these video casts. I've done some audio uh, podcasts, but uh, my first shot at this, so we'll see how it turns out. Uh, Lama Rod Owens. There was this YouTube video that was shared in the Shambhala Facebook page on this talk that he gave recently at the London Shambhala Center and uh, I watched the, the whole video, it's, it's over an hour long this is the second video that uh, I've watched from um, Lama Radoans. the first time uh, I only watched like 10 minutes of it so I didn't get a good um, a good hit for uh, Lama uh, Radoans, but this time I did and uh, all I have to say is um, I like Lama Radoans. He uh, comes across as um, someone who's very uh, down-to-earth, uh, grounded, uh, authentic, um, you know, nothing pretentious or fake about him. So I look forward to seeing more um, of him. The title of the video is, in case you want to check it out, is Working with Sexual Misconduct in uh, Shambhala. And uh, if you're part of the Shambhala community, you are most likely interested in uh, a lot of the, you know, not details, but you know what I'm saying. The topic is hard to, to avoid. And uh, some of you, some of us may have uh, more of a reason to be particularly interested in uh, the what's going on. Um, so he brings up a lot of stuff, but I'm not going to cover everything he brings. Just a few things I'd like to share with you. He starts off by talking about uh, this, uh, <coughs> that, you know, human matters, especially uh, in relationships, are complex. There's nothing simple about them, especially if we're going to pass judgment on them. Then uh, we uh, should make sure that we have as much information as possible, and that uh, involves... Um, you know, grappling with complexity, <coughs> and um, especially if we're interested in uh, not falling to you know, to extremes, and um, you know, there's this uh, middle ground, right? That as Buddhists we all strive to uh, to seek, to reach, and uh, that does um, involve avoiding extremes. So in this case, I guess the extremes would be. You know, on, on the one hand, you have, um, a, you know, um, uninhibited uh, sexual uh, conduct, and uh, there's nothing there to um, keep people from <coughs> abusing their sexuality. And on the other hand, you have um, a puritanical kind of approach where uh, almost anything uh, sexual about humans is <coughs> castigated and. Uh, judged and you know you know how it goes so uh, if we are to well not do that then we need to engage this uh, complexity involved and uh, not doing so uh, just prevents us from also developing empathy and compassion for people uh, which makes sense doesn't it uh, not being uh, judgmental and 
doing our best to be kind and empathic um, allows us to view or uh, feel as much for where people uh, are coming from and uh, you know their perspective and their point of view and so on. So um, he he mentions that in the South and I believe he was raised in the South. People are quite the experts at both being polite and cruel at the same time, and that uh, they're quite good at that. Um, you know, Southerners don't have a monopoly over that. I think that um, all of us are have our own uh, tricks about how we do that, and all too often we we do participate in that. He he mentions uh, agency and how agency is important and the way that I understand agency is it's this thing right, that um, allows us to uh, make choices to act and to be fully aware of uh, the consequences of uh, our actions and um, when it comes to human relationships uh, there's this agency that um, we either keep intact or we don't as we uh, consent to enter into <coughs> relationships with, with people. And Lama Rod Owens mentions that um, uh, that agency, when it comes to entering into uh, relationships with people that have more power over us, uh, well, it's just not possible to enter into those kind of relationships um, with that kind of power and balance. He says, uh, I believe that um, knowingly or not, uh, unconsciously, uh, you just um, don't know that you don't have uh, the ability to consent with uh, that agency being fully in intact. Um, you know, um, that's, for me, that's a, a, a tricky one because um, you know, uh, keeping um, to that uh, complexity that he mentions, it's just not uh, that uh, clear in, in um, a lot of situations. We could point to, you know, work environments where that makes a lot of sense. If you're gonna <coughs> enter into a relationship with uh, a superior, somebody that has administrative oversights over you and has uh, some say so over career advancement and pay increases and uh, you know similar opportunities. Well, if um, <coughs> that relationship goes well, um, most likely you're going to benefit from that relationship professionally. But uh, if it doesn't go well, well, you know, your profession might uh, have a temporary setback. Um, and uh, maybe even your livelihood might be jeopardized. And that will certainly affect more than just you, especially if you have a family. So we can see, and in addition, not to mention that uh, there are policies in place that uh, prohibit uh, superiors from engaging in relationships with their, um, you know, inferiors. Well, um, just, you, know, you just um, don't do that, right? You'll, you're going to be violating some policy, and uh, there can be some consequences uh, for that. <coughs> um, as he mentions though uh, he doesn't go into the professional environments uh, uh, 
situations. Uh, but he does talk about obviously the, uh, what's going on in, in Shambhala. And uh, in the case of um, uh, teacher-student relationships, he, he does say that, uh, well, you know, it, uh, they shouldn't happen. And uh, even if uh, students believe that uh, they're entering into these relationships with that uh, uh, full agency intact, well, they just don't know what they're doing. Um, so, but and he mentions that look, uh, teachers can enter into relationships with te with teachers and students with students, but um, uh, and it's even possible for a student and teacher to enter into a relationship, but. There should be transparency. There should be uh, open uh, people, right? Uh, and that sangha should know that that's what's going on. Um, <clears throat> okay, so so far, um, so good. Um, but um, you know, what, what about if? Um, and we could conceive of you know ma many different scenarios, right? Where it, it does get more. Um, difficult for us to be so uh, black and white about such matters. Uh, what if you have uh, a female teacher and a male student? Does that same uh, power dynamic, power imbalance, does it still apply? Does that male student know that uh, entering into such a relationship is not going to turn out well for him? Um, or is there something else that's, that's being violated that's strictly a rule, a you know, policy? You know, it's um, something that's written in, in black and white, and you just ought not to do that. Is it like that, or is it, um, you know, is, is there more uh, to that? Because, and obviously we're talking about, we're not talking about minors here, right? We're talking about adults. Uh, we know that minors can't enter into relationships with um, adults with uh, consent, that they're not able to uh, extend consent. So uh, we're talking about adults, and if you have uh, a male, um, look, um, at one point in, in my life when I was uh, younger, um, there were female teachers that uh, I was, uh, I found very um, seductive, and um, um, come on, I, I wouldn't have hesitated to have, um, well, entered into some relationship uh, with them. Um, <clears throat> I think we should acknowledge that um, males, especially when they are active sexually, um, they, um, you know, they don't care if the female that uh, they're going to have an affair with has more power than, uh, than they do. You know, they just want right, to get uh, um, their needs met. And uh, they're all too happy to comply with whatever power imbalance is there present. And that's just a fact about men. Uh, it gets obviously more complicated with females. Uh, but uh, well, what if um, you, know, you have a situation where you have a male teacher and a male student? Um, you know, how is it different? Um, hmm. Uh, it's different because that uh, patriarchal kind of power thing is not there uh, present because the student is, is, is a male. Uh, is that patriarchal uh, thing 
only important when uh, the teacher is uh, male and the student is female. Um, hmm. uh, what if the male teacher and the male student enter into a homosexual, right? Just does affair, and they want to keep it private. They don't want anybody to know. So you know, they, uh, nobody else's business. Uh, especially if, look, uh, as much as we'd like to believe that in our day and age, uh, homosexual affairs are not uh, judged uh, unfairly, that's just not the case in certain, uh, in many areas of this country, of this, this world, and uh, to assume that every Sangha is going to be, uh, you know, uh, okay with uh, a teacher and uh, students entering into a homosexual relationship, well, that's just not being realistic. Um, so how does that, how does this work out in cases like that? Mm. <clears throat> so I think you uh, may know where I'm heading towards with this. It's just not possible to have um, <clears throat> rules in place that fairly address <clears throat> all these different uh, uh, scenarios that uh, are not inconceivable, right? They're not uh, as if uh, these are cases as in an ethics class where you you know, you have a, a lifeboat and uh, somebody has this has to decide who goes over and dies. Uh, come on, you know, uh, when are we going to encounter something like that? But uh, these are scenarios that uh, are not you know, far-fetched. They're pretty real and uh, most likely to to occur in uh, sanghas uh, occasionally. <coughs> so, uh, you know, before I move forward with this, I should say something. Um, I think it's important. Uh, I am not a teacher. I do not wish to in any way come across as if I'm attempting to or pretending to be a teacher. Uh, if you are, are interested in, um, well, uh, getting the official version of this from somebody that uh, has uh, authority, right, that has been authorized to represent a particular organization such as the Shambhala organization, well, you know, there are plenty of good teachers available for you to seek out and uh, get from them their views on this this and uh, any other matter uh, so I'm just representing myself no more and uh, uh, no less so let that be clear um, okay so let's go back to uh, where I left off mm. you know um, I think we we understand that um, Buddhism uh, ethics in Buddhism are not uh, prescriptive, right? It's not as in uh, what we have in theistic traditions where you have um, these um, commandments, these um, rules that are given by God and we, uh, everyone should follow and if you don't follow them, well, you know, it's clear what has been violated. You uh, are a bad boy, a, a bad girl and you deserve to be punished for that. Um, my understanding is that um, <clears throat> uh, 
uh, ethics in Buddhism are not uh, are not quite like that, are they? Uh, they are suggestions. They are um, recommendations that uh, ought to be followed for for good reasons, and um, we should definitely take them into consideration. Uh, so that uh, you know, as in this case. With respect to sexuality, sexuality is not um, misused so that uh, it becomes um, uh, harmful to uh, others and to oneself. Mm. So when we take that uh, into consideration, and once again, right, this involves <coughs> that complexity that uh, Lama Rod Owens pointed to, if we are to <coughs> discover that uh, middle ground between um, extremes, any extreme of any given situation. Uh, in this case, uh, that middle ground, uh, as I understand it, is uh, uh, that middle ground between the extreme of, uh, on the one hand, um, sexual relationships that uh, don't take into consideration the harm that they may inflict on others due to um, um, their, um, well, uh, lack of uh, Consideration, right? Uh, as they are practice, they become. Uh, it's a sexuality is misused, and on the other hand, you have the other extreme of being puritanical about this. Um, you know, being uh, Catholic or Protestant about this uh, to the extreme, right? Uh, where sexuality is viewed uh, outside of, uh, of marriage um, as um, bad, as uh, evil, as uh, it. Uh, well, you know where I'm heading. So, um, what do we have uh, here when we take that into into consideration? Well, what we have is um, complexity. Um, not it's not to say that certain cases are not uh, clear, are not uh, pretty, you know, black and white, and there's no um, need to to really. Uh, argue and uh, you know doubt what happened. Uh, and such cases uh, involve um, you know, minors, people that can't obviously consent. But really, when when it comes to adults, um, and uh, here I'm talking about an adult that uh, uh, doesn't uh, really require uh, professional help uh, because um, psychologically they are. Um, well, in need of that assistance. If you have uh, an adult that uh, knows what they're doing, knows uh, what that agency entails, um, are, are, you, are we to really assume that uh, such an adult, uh, when entering into a relationship with someone that has more power, um, simply because of that power imbalance, uh, doesn't know what they're doing, does not know the ramifications of their action, uh, is somehow being deceived in, in such a way that uh, it's beyond them to really grasp uh, what they're heading towards, simply because of that power imbalance. Um, it's hard for me to accept that, uh, that argument, uh, simply because uh, that um, Supposedly, right? Uh, patriarchal power imbalance thing that um, uh, too often is uh, pointed out uh, these days. I'm, look, I'm not saying that uh, 
that's um, there's that there's nothing there. Obviously, there is a lot there concerning patriarchy and power uh, imbalance consequences. But um, when it comes to to this, um, come on, um, people people know what, what they enter into. Um, not to excuse any teacher that abuses their position, their authority, their power. Uh, I'm not even taking into consideration the teacher here. I'm strictly just taking into consideration uh, the person. Um, look, I, I, I have a daughter. Um, she is an adult already. Um, she like still a, a young adult in her 20s. And she is uh, beautiful. And... Uh, if I to give advice to my daughter um, about um, how she should uh, conduct herself, or if um, she were to be in the presence of a teacher, uh, especially if the teacher is a younger single teacher, um, uh, but even if it's an old teacher, you know, you better believe it. I would. I would make sure that my daughter understood the following and I would do my best to communicate to her uh, this. I would say to her, um, you know, you're going to be around this teacher. Uh, this teacher is pretty, uh, is well known. This teacher has a lot of followers. This teacher has uh, a lot of people that uh, are probably in awe of uh, his, um, what he represents, his uh, authority. Um, and uh, they are seeking his attention and most likely you are going to be seduced by that teacher and the power that that teacher is uh, attracts and uh, if uh, it turns out that this teacher ends up at some point courting you and you accept that courting you accept those advances uh, you should be aware that uh, you will be entering into uh, a an affair a relationship uh, and that uh, uh, you're not going to be able to deceive yourself you're not going to be able to relinquish responsibility for having taken that, uh, that choice having made that choice <coughs> And uh, no matter if this person is uh, uh, a teacher, no matter if this person has this uh, power imbalance uh, uh, over you, uh, you are still uh, in um, uh, fully accountable for that agency that you possess. And um, you need to be fully aware of that because uh, you will not be able to blame if it turns out uh, that uh, that relationship um, turns out to be not favorable to you um, what you wanted to get out of it um, just does not come to be well um, you should know that uh, no one but you will be to blame for that um, you know that's exactly what uh, I would tell my daughter and um, Having uh, shared that with my daughter, I would probably add uh, the following too. <clears throat> uh, 
I would probably do my best to, to share with her that uh, when it comes to um, this tradition, um, when it comes to, to Buddhism, there's a, a very important view that um, does not distinguish um, uh, people, humans, from, uh, from one another uh, in this respect, uh, especially with respect to how people ought to relate to, to teachers. Um, there's this uh, given, there's this default um, ground, uh, nature, uh, this default um, right thing that we all, all possess regardless of um, our status in life, our, our rank, our spiritual um, realization, uh, you know, and that uh, this uh, inherent nature um, as we relate to, to teachers uh, is very useful to have because uh, most likely you won't um, approach uh, others and uh, teachers from uh, a poverty um, position. Right? Uh, this teacher does not uh, give you something that you don't uh, already have. No matter how much you suck up to this teacher, no, no matter what your ambition becomes in order to gain access to this teacher and to become part of that inner circle of this teacher, doing so, right, gaining that access, no matter if you end up sleeping with this teacher, gaining that access uh, to that teacher and that inner circle is not going to provide with you, I mean to you, right, something that you don't already possess. So um, I would, uh, I would hope, right, that um, communicating that to her. I would also hope that um, perhaps um, she already has a, a sense of that, a personal experience uh, with that about her herself as a human being, a sentient being that uh, has already. Um, provided that um, sense, that taste, uh, that familiarity with, with that <coughs> enough so that um, when she will, um, will be in a uh, position where that ambition of hers um, compels her, you know, pushes her towards accepting uh, an invitation um, from a teacher, that uh, it would make her pause and that uh, it would make her um, reflect uh, a little bit. Um, and continuing with this uh, advice that I would give my daughter. Uh, yeah, I know it's getting a little... Um, <laughs> come on, I'm, I'm inspired by this, by the advice I would uh, supposedly give my daughter. Um, I, I would tell her something about uh, the role of the, the Sangha and um, what uh, I would at least sh share with her what uh, this role of the Sangha has been at least for me personally uh, for me personally it hasn't been you know a source of uh, great relationships that I have developed uh, it hasn't been uh, a source of uh, the magnificent support uh, that I have received from uh, 
uh, fellow Sangha members. Um, it hasn't been particularly, you know, the um, um, student-teacher relationships that uh, I have uh, benefited from, uh, in the sense that uh, you know, one imagines you have a to have a teacher and you have a, an ongoing rapport with a teacher, and uh, the teacher is just a continuous source of um, uh, good advice and. Um, inspiration and um, so forth for, you know for me it hasn't uh, been quite like that uh, yet yet the, uh, what I have received has been uh, absolutely invaluable um, and uh, but for me it has sort of been in an, has developed in, developed in an interesting way um, it, for me it's been more of um, the lack of inspiration and the lack of support and the disappointment that Sangha uh, represents that has been so instrumental in my path. Um, it's, uh, I hope you, that's clear of what, uh, uh, what I mean by this. Um, and Lama La Rad Owens does touch upon this uh, briefly. He does say that uh, he understands that, uh, you know, the people that represent uh, the Sangha uh, uh, for him, those that he knows, you know, in his Sangha, he knows that they're not there for him. Uh, he says that. He understands that uh, they're there for, uh, to develop their own familiarity with their own experience uh, uh, as practitioners, their own, to develop their own understanding, their own capacity. Um, so that for me really struck a chord and uh, so I would share this with, with my daughter I would say look uh, oftentimes the um, the gem in the Sangha is uh, how disappointing uh, they will inevitably probably be for you and uh, and you that's not a bad thing that can be a uh, a good thing as it was for me um, you know I, I was pretty much uh, you know at one point I gained access to this uh, inner circle uh, you know with a teacher and uh, everything was hunky-dory and great and uh, and then I found myself you know out in the street by uh, a gutter and uh, you know <laughs> on my own <laughs> and um, you know, <laughs> I had to either discard that as a valuable experience or I had to say, okay, what is the, um, the good in this? What is the lesson here that uh, I need to, um, to grow to? What's, uh, right? what's the manure, the fer fertilizer here for me that's going to... Um, be useful for your path. So, um, you know the whole this whole idea that uh, if you gain access to to a teacher, um, especially if you're a female student, and uh, there's this relationship that develops, um, and um, 
the whole um, romanticism about uh, uh, how wonderful it's going to be to gain access to that inner circle and that uh, and all you know, the ambition that drives that right the seduction that is there I, I think that as an organization as a sangha right uh, we need to do something about deflating that as much as possible about uh, clarifying what um, uh, what that is is about because um, if uh, it's part of the equation here if uh, isn't it if you have uh, people um, that um, uh, jeopardize that agency that Lama Rod Orange is talking about because um, they have these uh, these incorrect views these odd views right these about um, uh, how wonderful it's going to be to uh, be blessed by the attention and right, being the teacher's grace and so on um, well that that makes people vulnerable it makes people susceptible to the kind of abuses perhaps that uh, are now we are now experiencing as an organization uh, there's another thing that I want to touch upon that's more controversial or should probably be controversial uh, for some people and, and, and that is that uh, <clears throat> to some extent uh, this whole um, thing that uh, is going on is fed this is just a hypothesis uh, an explanation I could be wrong about this uh, there could be something about this maybe not right, so don't be too harsh on me about this um, I think it's, it's seems that there's a, this is also about uh, a middle class upper middle class thing uh, about uh, you know um, being entitled to something in this case being entitled to uh, protection being entitled to um, being safe from harm let me share something with you um, I worked for almost 20 years at this high school as a high school teacher in Watts Jordan High School and one of the very first things that hits you about these students is uh, um, well one they are very academically behind but two what strikes you about these students is how street smart they are. Uh, they are survivors. They, they, if they are familiar with anything about life, is is this? Um, shit is going to happen, and there are bad people that will do bad things to you if you don't protect yourself. If you're not aware of that if you're not right, cautious about that and and this is not just theory for them uh, this is this is everyday life for them they see bad things happening to people uh, in their neighborhood uh, quite frequently and they are under no illusions that uh, if uh, they are not aware about that that um, they will be a victim of that um, so what what does this have to do with um, anything or with what I'm on this Lama Rat Orange and this whole 
sexual allegation thing in uh, the Shambhala community. Well, um, that I find it, I just haven't wrapped myself um, around my, you know, wrapped my head around this uh, concept or this notion of uh, there being protections or safeguards or securities uh, that will protect you. Um, yes, you know, as a society, right, we live in, in, in a civil society and uh, there are laws that uh, do intend to protect us from people that uh, 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 are more powerful, uh, have more power, and uh, uh, there is this uh, discouraging people from wrongly abusing power to hurt uh, other people, especially people that are weaker and so forth. Uh, look, I, I understand that, that I'm not talking about that. I, I'm um, more referring to uh, the emotional uh, kind of um, uh, protections or security that often we uh, people uh, believe that they should have. Uh, and uh, I think it's, it's a class thing. I think the people that are, um, as I said, uh, more uh, middle class, upper middle class, uh, they feel that uh, those kind of protections should be guarantees, that there should be um, all these safeguards in place to protect them psychologically, emotionally. Um, well, uh, maybe. Uh, I think our world would, would be right, much better if somehow we could figure that, that out. But uh, I, I really don't think that uh, this whole thing that's going on here uh, with Shambhala, I really, I really think that uh, there are connections here with that. And also the whole uh, patriarchal power imbalance uh, thing. Uh, I, I must be honest with you, I, I don't quite get that uh, totally yet. Uh, I'm trying. Really, I, I want to, to understand it. Um, 